We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Road to Wire College Football Podcast. Uh, today we're doing a special pre-combine breakdown for the dynasty fantasy football uh, value of this this combine class. I'm here with John McKechnie. How's as, it going? As the usual, uh, a very necessary part. Um, I'm doing pretty good, John. How about yourself? Doing well. I've been looking forward to getting this uh, podcast recorded, getting pumped for the combine. Yeah, and our, our past listeners uh, obviously came here more for the, the DFS stuff, and this is not going to be DFS anything, obviously. Um, we're, we're focusing more on the, the dynasty value of these players, which... Um, I guess I guess to kind of clarify the the shift in focus here, we're not you know 
talking so much uh, about uh, what they what they did in the past or like guessing where they're going to go uh, specific team wise, but rather kind of follow an uh, an outline of projecting NFL fantasy value, um, basing on you know the production, their athletic testing, and the workouts, uh, which the combine is obviously the focus of. And also, we we here choose to lean on film a little bit, like some parts of draft Twitter, some parts of dynasty fantasy football Twitter. You know, have have their various extremes on either end of the spectrum. People who just watch film, people who just look at uh, the data, but we kind of draw on all of that uh, to the best that we know how. Um, for this episode, we're mostly just going to run through our assessment of uh, what we perceive to be the top players at quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end, um, mentioning our respective favorites as well as people that we might have concerns about or are otherwise just interested in monitoring closely. Um, after after we name the people that we're most eager to see. Uh, at the combine and go through our general thoughts on the positions. We're going to do a quick three-round rookie dynasty mock draft uh, as a 12-team league. So uh, that's what we're going to do. And um, to, to start out, I guess we can mention uh, a few things about who we know will not be doing full drills at the combine. Uh, two running backs, Jonathan Williams has a foot injury. Devontae Booker has a knee injury. Um, they're not going to run. They're going to shoot for their pro days. And Corey Coleman a receiver had a sports hernia that he was recovering from. He, it's not clear whether he's going to do uh, things besides the forty. Um, Rand Getlin of I think Yahoo uh, reported that he wasn't doing the forty at least, so he might do other things. The, the, the other things have not been ruled out. And uh, Laquan Treadwell caught headlines earlier this week. He's not going to run the forty uh, just because he doesn't want to, I guess. Um, so. That was a big deal to some people. I guess we're probably not going to care too much about it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, John, do you want to do you want to lead us off on uh, the the running back? The top running back is not a big question for us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear cut. Um, you know, like you said, looking at it from from the numerical perspective, or just you know what you see on film, Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State is. Uh, pretty clearly the the number one back here and I think he's he's the kind of guy that uh, should draw like a first round pick you know obviously there is that drought there a few years back where there weren't any running backs worthy of that first round grade last year there were two I think he's definitely the one that I would feel the safest saying he's going to go in the first round yeah I think it's a lock I, I think he even has a chance to push for like the top 10 because he's he's a pretty special prospect um, like six foot 225 has all the athleticism you you need to to be both well-rounded and explosive. Uh, the production is um, infallible, almost like there's just it's hard to think of ways that he could be substantively better as a prospect than he is. And he's got three down skill sets, so he's going to be in on passing downs. Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty big hit in the NFL, even as a rookie. So uh, the next one for me is Derrick Henry. One, one last thing about oh. Elliott, too, though. I think uh, something something that I noticed this year is he got more involved in the passing game. He started, you know, averaging like three, four catches a game, you know, uh, towards the middle of the season. And I think something that uh, I think the, the, the team scouts will look at is the fact that he's pretty talented as a pass blocker, too. And I think a lot of people tend to ding running backs coming out of college on that. Uh, but that's something that he checks the box on for sure. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, for the comparison we made to him in our dynasty uh, rankings, pre combine rankings, I went with Corey Dillon because I I see him as a similar player where you know they're not burners, but uh, they're they're like Hall of Fame level talents. Right. Who, uh, and I know that's that's putting a lot on <laughs> Elliott for expectations, but I'm, I'm I I just think he's that good. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree. Three down skill set. I think he's going to be a fantasy monster and a real life one as well. 
Um, but yeah, the, the the more intimidate the most intimidating running back in this draft uh, from just aesthetic reasons, I guess, might be our number two running back, Derrick Henry, who uh, checked in at six three. 247 uh, 247 yeah so um he's going to be obviously a very novel case for the combine because on film he seems to be just uh you know unreasonably fast for how big he is and i think uh th- there's been a lot of people citing a figure 4.54 second 40 i think that's from when he was coming out of high school though right. so i uh, I'm hoping for something in the four fours. That would be uh, very encouraging because I don't think we can really expect him to do that well uh, with the shuttle drills, the agility tests. Um, I think he's. I don't think he's. I don't believe the cr- the criticisms that a lot of people make about him being too stiff or heavy footed oh, right. to be a running back. So I'm I'm not exactly saying I agree with those people when I say I don't think he'll do that well in the agility testing. It's just that if he does do really well in the agility testing, what's even the criticism with this guy? Like he'd be. I mean, if he's as fast as he looks and he's quicker than we thought um there's there's just no way to really criticize him in my opinion so um i'm actually i'm a big fan of henry i am i am not a skeptic like some people uh i compare him to brandon jacobs like a lot of people i don't consider that an insult because i thought brandon jacobs was a really good player for a few years there right so um as long as henry tests well if he doesn't if he puts up bad numbers in the testing that'll concern me a little bit because then you wonder um you know those points were on film he kind of looked slow or looked stiff you might wonder if you know he actually just wasn't as 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 explosive as his numbers might indicate but I'm more inclined to think he's just as freakish as he looks on film and I expect the numbers from the combine to show as much um John any any major thoughts on him I I just think he he's a he uh you know the criticism on him being stiff I think it's kind of a lazy one kind of like you were alluding alluding to uh but I mean the guy is is fast uh I think something that that people will knock him as maybe his workload might scare people. I mean, yeah, he got a lot of carries this year. He got a ton, but I mean, how long was he the starter there? Two seasons. Um, it was, I think, I think it was more like one because Yeldon was the lead guy two years ago, but yeah, they did a good job of minimizing his workload before this year. And then obviously this year they just spared him, uh, you know, nothing giving he, he showed that he can handle it though i mean like i yeah, don't think I in the nfl he'll ever have to do 45 carries two weeks in a row like he did uh down the stretch here but um you know it, he showed that he can he can hold up against you know really tough defenses you know beat them down over the time i agree and i i just think he's going to be um i think he'll be better than brandon jacobs to be clear like that's i go with that comparison for aesthetic reasons and right. and just I think they're they're most similar to each other than any other player that just because of the the sheer disbelief of how fast someone that big can be Um, and I think that's that what kind of leads to that like oh he's stiff he looks slow or whatever uh criticism that some people make is that I think they're just they look at him and they see it all as so unnatural that they just basically consider it too good to be true um I don't know I think I think he's gonna prove that it that it is real and Mm -hmm. like just because he looks unreasonable doesn't mean that he can't be, you know, legitimate. Yeah, maybe people still hold the Alabama thing against him. Who knows? Oh, I was, that's definitely part of it. Um, but, yeah, so number three, um, I think we can probably agree we like Kenneth Dixon at the third spot for now anyway. He's not a big running back, uh, more around 210, played at a low level of competition at Louisiana Tech, so that's a valid concern. Um, on the other hand, his production was uh, almost perfect. He had, uh, what was it? 72 rushing touchdowns and 15 receiving touchdowns in college yeah um very good big playback good in space he's he's probably not going to be a burner in the workouts but he should do well he looks quite quick very 
coordinated, fast feet. Right. And um, good receiver, by the way. But, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, being a small school back needs to at least check out adequately at the combine or else guys like, uh, well, I, I, don't, I guess I don't want to spoil the, the next names on the list, but guys like Paul Perkins, Devontae Booker, they can catch him if he doesn't do as well as, as you know, the film would lead us to expect. Um, but yeah, so he, he's he's got a few injury questions in college too to to that need some looking at. But generally, he was a good workhorse player in college. Uh, something interesting, uh, Justin Higdon of Draft Breakdown, I believe, found these numbers uh, uh, in third in third and short r- rush attempts between uh, Zeke, Henry, and Dixon. Not that this is surprising, but Dixon was far behind them in terms of rushing yards per carry. He was something uh, like a full yard and a half back from them, okay. which you can look at it and be like, oh, well, maybe that's Louisiana Tech's offensive line. Mm-hmm. That was but my first reaction. It, yeah, it's reasonable, but on the other hand, it's like the level, the level of competition kind of adjusts yeah, for you that, can't too. Ignore it. You so, can't ignore it. Uh, but yeah, basically, as long as you have reasonable expectations for Dixon, you know, don't expect him to be a star like Elliott and like maybe Henry. Um, but he should be a good three-down player in the NFL, uh, even if he's not, you know, a monster in short yardage like some of the the other guys ahead of him. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on Dixon particularly? Yeah, I think uh, you know his his career at, at Louisiana Tech definitely speaks for itself, and I think uh, he definitely warrants the the third ranking right now coming into this uh, combine. I mean, the production was just unbelievable. I mean, I. Uh, that bowl game against Arkansas State, I think he yeah, scored six touchdowns, and uh, I don't think he was even playing at 100%. Fond DFS memories uh, there. Yeah. What a day that was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, number four that I had in the Dynasty Rankings article that I published uh, like a month ago it was, um, I had Jonathan Williams at the time, but I got to say, with him not running at the combine, um, the foot injury is something that is is a legitimate question to worry about to the point that I'm having trouble still ranking him ahead of some of the guys that we just know don't have that problem. Specifically, I'd like to go to Paul Perkins at four. Okay. Uh, he, he's he's going to be a very interesting player. I can I can see I can see his career going at least a couple ways. One, it, th- let's just get the negative version out of the way. David Wilson comes to mind for me with Perkins because both were very very explosive players who got around with who got away with dancing around in the backfield in college because they were just so incredibly quick. Right. Uh no one could really make them pay for that. Uh Perkins is a legit rare, you know, juke threat. Like he's LaShawn McCoy level uh, and when it comes to cutbacks. Um saw some c- comparisons to more like third down back type players with him. I don't buy it. I think he's a starter in the NFL. Okay. Um if he tests if he tests as well at the combine as I expect him to, he he's a safe second round pick for me, but uh Basically, yeah, you worry about is that dancing in the backfield going to be a habit that he tries to carry over to the NFL because he won't get away with it there. Um, but the, the simple fact is he has the athleticism, checks out perfectly for, for the kind of skill set that he has. And uh, he was a good workhorse running back two years at, at UCLA too. So uh, 2,918 yards, 23 touchdowns, over 26 games as a starter. Uh, the film looks really good with him. I like him quite a bit, even if uh, you know the dancing in the backfield is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, I think I think that that's definitely a ding on him, but uh, I'd I'd say in general, uh, he's I like the way uh, that he runs. I think he's going to definitely uh, warrant that second round consideration, like you mentioned. Um, I, you know, may, depending on where he lands, you know, he might he might be that third down back initially until he can kind of uh, cut some of those bad habits out. Um, but I think he, the the skill set is definitely there uh, uh, for him to kind of take over and be a lead back down the line. 
Yeah, and then for me, the the next kind of the next group is kind of all in a bunch. I, I like Jonathan Williams. I like Devontae Booker and Jordan Howard. All about the same. Uh, they're a little bit different players. Like Williams and Howard are the power backs. Right. Booker is more of a. He's very well rounded, but he's not quite at the brute strength that you're talking with the other two. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the best receiver between the three. So um, yeah, I like all three of those guys, and honestly, I, I have trouble distinguishing them really in rankings. So the combine uh, unfortunately won't give as much clarity as it could have if Booker and Williams were able to run, but definitely eager to see Howard. Yeah, um, I, li- I like Howard a lot. I think the the question for him uh, this year was, you know, when he was available, he was one of the best. He was probably the second best running back in the Big Ten. Uh, I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, those nagging ankle and knee injuries. I'm not sure how banged up he would he would get at UAB, but you know that's something that that is a bit of a concern if that, if that carries on, or if it, it could have, if it was like an isolated thing where he just had a bad high ankle sprain and just couldn't get quite past it. I mean, that's derailed plenty of people's seasons, and they come back and be fine. So. I, I do like Howard's game. He's definitely really powerful, and he's he's fast for for how big he is. Yeah, I agree. Um, the comparison that we put down with with him was Larry Johnson, and uh, not not just. I don't think we have reason to think Jordan Howard is the you know hot headed uh, liability <laughs> off the field that Larry Johnson was. Um, but aesthetically and production wise, I, and, I mean Larry Johnson was a beast. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's it's no. There's no uh, disrespect implied there. Um, but, yeah, next for me is kind of um, another tier of t- two players, I think, in this tier for me. Alex Collins at Arkansas, C.J. Proceeds at Notre Dame. A lot of people, I think, are going to like C.J. Proceeds more than me, uh, especially in like the, the metrics community and people who put a lot of, um, put a lot of weight in both basically any numbers production numbers as well as workout numbers. And it's understandable. Proceeds, 220 pounds, very athletic. He's a former receiver, so he's got the third down skill set. Right. Very good numbers at Notre Dame. So I get there's there's a couple of ways you could look at this season um, from my viewpoint, but I basically was worried about Proceeds a little bit because he didn't seem like a natural at running back his first year at the position. Um, as good as his numbers were, and his numbers were very good, uh, basically 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, um, 6.6 yards per carry, dealt with, uh, I think, a concussion and high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. which kind of shortened his season. Um, but he didn't. He didn't seem fully comp- uh, confident in what he was doing. He didn't seem to to really uh, run as hard as he could have out of uh, you know hesitation and uncertainty about where he was supposed to go or what he was looking at. Um, but I guess the other way you could look at it is if last year's results is what happens when he doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, maybe look at it as what will he be capable of when he is more confident uh, confident <laughs> in what he wants to do. Um, because yeah, if he's running harder, if he's making quicker decisions, I mean, that could be seven and a half yards of carry instead of 6.6. 6. Um, so that's, that's something to consider. And he should, it, he should do very well at the combine. He, he appears quite athletic. Uh, right, Kyle, he, he, yeah. did, he was just kind of like thrown in there because I think uh, Folsom tore his ACL in the first game of the season. So they just kind of, and Notre Dame was just unbelievably banged up across the board this year. So he kind of had to jump in and he really did a great job with it. So, you know, with, with more time under his belt, and uh, I think that'll definitely help him uh, down the line. And also, I, I mean, it's just impressive that he was able to just come out of the bat and, or come off the bat and just uh, kind of take over is there every down back yeah and it's it was his first year at the position so I don't mean to knock him too much but yeah I mean basically it's it's a pretty good running back class in my opinion so I had trouble putting him ahead of some of the other guys who I thought had demonstrated a more innate ability to play the position and a lot of uh, as far as Alex Collins goes a lot of people prefer him over Jonathan Williams of Arkansas 
I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, Alex Collins is a, is a good enough looking player, but I don't see um, the brute strength or the athleticism, the explosive athleticism to project as more than like a two or three year starter in the NFL. Uh, compared him to Marion Barber, I think that's a pretty similar trajectory he might go on. Whereas with Williams, uh, well, first of all, Williams' numbers were just better. Uh, right. He was more explosive. He was, he was more efficient in any regard every year at Arkansas that Alex Collins was also there. Um, and he's bigger and he's got a lot more power. So that's why I prefer Jonathan Williams. Um, okay. but yeah, otherwise, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the main group of people who I expect to have a decent starting NFL projection. Uh, are there any other guys on the, on the running back position, um, that you're kind of, uh, closely monitoring as sleepers or something like that? Uh, I'm definitely interested in what Kelvin Taylor does this week. I think he can definitely boost his stock. Um, it, you know, his production at Florida was pretty solid, um, it, that that offense was just kind of a mess, but he was kind of like the one consistent. Uh, you can go to him, and he's gonna he's gonna produce. Uh, so I definitely uh, think that he has a chance to rise up uh, this week if he if he puts together a good combine. I'm not positive that he that he's going to you know have that burner speed, but I think once scouts get kind of like a close look at him in person, see the kind of uh, just kind of balanced build that he has, uh, and then like go back look at the tape like they'll see that uh, he is a pretty solid player. Yeah, that's a good one to watch for. Um, I think I think uh, my most interesting running back for me at the at the combine is Devin Johnson of Marshall. I'm just he, he's so he's such a wild card. We don't his numbers say that he's explosive, but is is he really that explosive? Was it just something about the system? Mm-hmm. Um, if he checks out well athletically, I'll probably have a hard time not being a total fanboy about him <laughs> but um i, I, I want to quickly mention one player that i think is overrated uh, is Kenyon drake of alabama mm-hmm. he's obviously very explosive uh good receiver too but that's kind of the thing that leads me to the point that i want him to move to receiver because at running back it's it's been a long time since i've watched film of a running back who i thought had uh worse instincts and just fundamentals as drake like he, he he just goes wild and he he seems to reduce the field to like the defender in front of him and nothing else like right. he doesn't seem to be more broadly aware of what's going on and uh I, I don't think he knows how to utilize blockers very well he is inexperienced to be fair he was on the bench for most of the time and then he got hurt uh guys like derrick henry tj yeldon might have been there when Lacey was too so it wasn't easy for him to see the field and maybe that's why his development is behind uh, who knows? But um, I'm a little concerned that he won't amount to more than a kick returner in the NFL. Yeah, he's a, he's an athletic freak, but I, I'd see him being kind of like a career special teamer, like fifth receiver type guy, maybe. Yeah, I agree. And otherwise, uh, Trey Madden has the athleticism and the production at USC, but profound injury history. Um, it, he's going to get a lot of scrutiny from the doctors at the combine this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, uh, let's move on to the receivers. All right. Do you have a, an opinion, John? On uh, around here, we generally kind of limit the top. Uh, wide receiver distinction between Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell, and Corey Coleman. Um, do you have a stance on which one you would take right now? I mean, they're they're very different uh, receivers, uh, but I think uh, Treadwell. I know that like there's concerns about his uh, you know burst and his speed, but like when you when you watch him, like it, he's just unben- undeniably talented, just like natural hands, like able to attack the ball, like Anquan Bolden style. So I mean, even if he doesn't. All right, obviously he's not running here, but uh, I think that he's more of like a safe, uh, you know, just frame and just everything about his game, I think tran- will translate guaranteed. Yeah, I love Treadwell. Um, he's, I, I, I don't know how to make this comparison in a way that anyone will think is not stupid, but he actually <laughs> reminds me most of Jarvis Landry, which might sound like a slight because Jarvis Landry 
had very poor athletic testing before his draft, and he's probably not more than you know a chain mover in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be clear, I think Treadwell is better, if only because he's bigger than Landry. Um, he's closer to six two than you know the five eleven that Landry's at. Uh, but what's interesting to me is just that they're both psychos. Like they, like yeah. Treadwell is the one of the Treadwell and Landry are the meanest blockers I've seen in forever. Like I, I would be afraid to play against him. That's true. Um, not not even because of how much he would embarrass me. I was like, I'd be <laughs> concerned for my safety. Um, with that said, I don't know that I th- if if Treadwell doesn't do very well with his forty at his pro day, and if if the the rest of the workouts at the combine that he does are not impressive, it's going to be hard for me to rank him le- uh, rank him ahead of Corey Coleman in okay. Dynasty, just because. I'm very convinced that Corey Coleman is an elite athlete. Like, I just, I don't know how to explain the things he did at Baylor. Things that I didn't really see anybody but guys like Odell Beckham do. Um, not to say he's anywhere near that good, because I don't necessarily think that's realistic, no matter right. what reasons we have. Like, a, a perfect receiver prospect, I'm still not going to have hopes of being the next ODB. But he's he's he, he could at least be a guy like Lavernia's Coles, I think, who, even if he's not six feet tall, even if he's not... 220 pounds even if you can't get 10 touchdowns a year out of him I think he's going to be basically a game breaker in the NFL Mm -hmm. so I'm convinced that his production at Baylor is not the product of the system because other players at Baylor haven't done anything like what he was doing he was scoring a touchdown like every four targets before (laughs) Seth Russell got hurt so uh yeah Coleman would have gotten like 30 touchdowns this year if Seth Russell hadn't gotten hurt so just just consider that uh before talking about the system but yeah, either way, those two are the top for me. They're kind of inseparable right now until we learn more about their uh, workout numbers. Uh, number three for me is probably going to be Tyler Boyd, okay. a receiver. And I know film folks don't like Tyler Boyd that much because he doesn't look fast and he doesn't you know, look overpowering and he doesn't do flashy things. But I don't know how you explain his production. Like right, if, from, if, if from he's the not get-go. A, yeah, if he's not a starter in the NFL, I don't know how we explain Like It's just – I would be shocked because – as a true freshman, he was a significantly more productive player than uh, senior Devin Street, right. who at the time was you know kind of like a, a star player by Pittsburgh standards. So um, Boyd just tossed him aside, took over, and then you know this year it was a down year, but it was because I think the scheme they had a new system. Uh, it's coming to Georgia next year, so we'll see about that. But um, yeah, after Connor <laughs> after Connor got hurt and then you know unfortunately diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, that offense went down you know, downhill really badly because Boyd was the only person who could do anything. Right, and uh, the coaches kind of played into the hands of the defense, I think, by making his his usage so you know transparently predictable. Exactly, that uh, it it ruined his efficiency. Like the efficiency just fell off a cliff this year. But I, I am as long as he doesn't have terrible workouts, I'm going to be inclined to think Boyd will at least be a good wide receiver too in the NFL, and I'm I'm willing to bank on uh, the, the, the idea that his production can be explained through just innate skill that isn't obvious on tape. Okay. But, yeah, um, a lot of people would be looking at a guy like Josh Doxson there. So what, what do you think of him? Uh, I think he, he's got uh, really elite, uh, like, high-pointing skills. Like, he, like, he's just such, like, a natural uh, – he almost has like these AJ Green esque catches. I'm not saying that he's AJ Green by any stretch, but like right. he, you know, he's this tall, sort of just graceful. Like you don't think of him like as a complete burner, and he's he probably won't be. Uh, 
you know, once he runs the 40, but like at the same time, he can like get a little bit of separation. He's tall. Uh, he's got really natural hands. So I, I like Josh Doxson a lot, actually. Yeah, I like him quite a bit, too. I, th- I think he's got a very high floor like Boyd does, even if like Boyd, he doesn't necessarily have star potential in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't think he has much star potential at the NFL is because normally when, when you got a target as lanky as him, you would hope they would be a little bit faster than him, a little bit younger than he is he's probably going to be 23 or something um, right having transferred from wyoming and playing you know as a senior he's uh not an early entry like boyd is but yeah dachshund's numbers are very hard to criticize like there's especially this year obviously when he was he was incredible it was like when it when tcu was was everything was going well with tcu before the dark days at the end of the year Mm -hmm. um it was like anytime something needed to be done by the offense dachshund would get the play like it was as if it was written ahead of time and uh, not actually a competition because he he just could not be stopped um but yeah i'm a little worried about uh his light frame and perhaps a a mediocre uh, size athleticism variable kind of limiting his upside at the nfl i compared him to tj hushmanzada because I think a lot of that downfield explosiveness that gave him such great numbers in college might not exist in the NFL where he right. doesn't have the TCU system and Trevon Boykin pressuring the defense in the way that he did so uniquely. So I, th- I think, though, even if he isn't the downfield threat in the NFL that he was in college, he's still, like you said, like he's automatic on the sidelines uh, and, and you know in traffic in general. So I think Hushman Zada is probably his floor, and that's that's no criticism that's a i mean i think yeah, he'll Houston's be was a good player so yeah i think he'll, he'll forget that yeah i think Doxon can can see three or four pro bowls in his career even if he's never like an all pro obvious pick right uh, uh one other one thing that I, i've seen as a bit of a criticism on him is like it, it's rooted in the system that, that they say that like he only runs three routes or something so that that'll be something that he'll need to prove uh but i i have no doubt that like with with time he'll be able you know it's not like he's physically incapable of running a slant or something yeah and uh so moving on a little bit uh i guess i guess two players that i have kind of next in the rankings and find a little bit similar um just in terms of their placement in the draft are will fuller and leonte carew who they're not they're not build wise similar like carew's about uh, 30 pounds almost heavier than fuller yeah but they, a lot of people seem on the fence about them as like second third round pick types I think they're both worth first-round picks, uh, unless one uh, tanks in the combine or the other two. But uh, Carew, the only question for me really is that September arrest, which I still can't figure out what happened based on the various bits of information out there. It sounds not that good. No. But uh, it could be a case where he was just among some you know unstable actors and it wasn't necessarily something that can be attributed to him or something that otherwise reflects on how he might behave off the field in the NFL. Mm-hmm. However, however, the NFL's invest, you know, the NFL team's investigations into that incident turnout will, I think, basically determine his draft stock. He claims he's going to run a four four at the combine. I'm expecting it to be more like four four eight than a four four zero. But if he tests well at the combine, I mean, his production is incredible. And what's what makes him similar to Fuller to me is both of those guys had efficiency per target that was just nuts. Like, right. um, Carew, Carew probably a little more impressive just because he was playing at Rutgers with horrible, horrible yeah. quarterbacks. Chris Laviano, uh, oh my, uh, pox. Just the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened. And Carew somehow still was just scoring touchdowns on a ridiculous yeah, basis. Yeah. And he's roasted, like, uh, 
I think Michigan State for three. Yeah. Uh, did he put up three on Ohio State too? Um, I can't remember, uh, but I'll, I'll look this up. Um, it, it makes no, either way much unstoppable. Yeah, both and, of those games made no sense because all you have to do against that stupid team is just follow Carew, and Laviano can't throw it to the other four people you just deliberately did not cover. Right, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so he had three touchdowns against Michigan State. Only had three catches for fifty-five yards against Ohio State, but uh, I think okay. he might have aggravated his injury. That's in that what, game. Yeah, I think he left in the first half of that one. Actually, now that yeah. I so he had three three touchdown games in two thousand fifteen, despite the suspension that was eventually lifted and, and also what, some injuries games 10 games this uh year, eight so? games eight yeah games, so three and so three of them had three touchdowns yeah and then yeah, but even back in 2013 his sophomore year he had nine touchdowns on 28 catches like i don't understand i don't even know how that uh yeah i don't get it so anyway fuller though is largely similar he's more of a burner guy a lot of people doubt his hands and or more specifically they doubt him because of his hands right and uh, he's getting a lot of ted ginn comparisons and i don't see it because Will Fuller had as many touchdowns in one year, basically his first one playing at Notre Dame. Like he only had one catch or something like that uh, as a freshman. Mm-hmm. But his first year as a starter at Notre Dame, 15 touchdowns. Um, that's what Ginn did in three years at Ohio State. Right. Then Fuller followed it up with uh, 14 touchdowns. Um, with an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah. Oh, so Shaky quarterbacks both years. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, thought Kaiser, Notre Dame's... Kaiser was good this year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I thought Notre Dame's quarterback play was good for college standards, but uh, th- with that said, other the other Notre Dame receivers were not doing anything like yeah. Will Fuller was. So I think it's safe to say, even if Will Fuller's uh, hands are bad, he's so good at everything else that is relevant or, you know... What, he he's got enough uh, skill in other areas that it just doesn't matter because I don't I don't understand what the criticism is when his per target production just drastically outpaces the guys with better hands. Totally. Like, what is it worth if their hands are better and they're doing less? I yeah, don't if, get it's, it. if it's just like more aesthetically pleasing for them to be like you know yeah. smashing a ball and at a, a lot certain of, point or whatever. Yeah, and a lot of especially film type scouts do this. They they look at receivers and they've got this you know unspecified list of traits that they want to check off and if you don't check off everything it's like well goodbye tank their grade (laughs) it's like he he didn't show good hand he didn't show good routes it's like yeah but he's so big and fast and he doesn't he's still produced while being bad at those two things do you see how that means there's development opportunity here rather than you know some reason to just ignore what they actually did exactly so i think fuller's a screamingly obvious case where he's gonna be really good in the nfl and a bunch of people are gonna Maybe even in the NFL, they'll still do that thing like, oh, he had a memorable drop or something, but he's going to be really good in my opinion. Yeah, everyone um, wants someone that, I mean, like, maybe they'll just kind of, uh, like, just stop talking once he runs his 40 or something, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't think that's the end-all be-all either, but, like, I think it can definitely uh, shut some people up. I don't know. Yeah, he'll he'll do really well because he's, he's really fast. Yeah, like I'm total. I'm, yeah, I would bet savage. money that he's under four four zero um and if even if he isn't though i mean i don't care he's he's so fast on film I, right. I'm, I'm sold so yeah some the, the next list of guys is kind of like braxton miller sterling shepherd uh michael thomas of ohio state uh, we are fans of southern miss michael thomas but Big that time. he wasn't invited to the combine is an objectively bad uh thing for his for his projection into yeah, the nfl because they probably he's probably regarded as like a six-round pick at best by most teams uh, there might be one or two that like him enough to go after him in the fourth round, and I kind of expect that to happen, but he's he's not going to be widely valued if he's not invited to the combine. And as we saw with Deontay Greenberry last year, like 
that can yeah. just that can that can be just the kiss of death. Like no matter what you else, whatever else you had going for you, it doesn't matter if you're not to the combine. So That's true. Hope it doesn't turn out that way because I, I want him to do well. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the next group is kind of like Sterling Shepard, Braxton Miller, Michael Thomas. Maybe Pharaoh Cooper and Rashard Higgins, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I think everybody likes Michael Thomas a lot more than I do, and right. I do like him uh, as, a, as in terms of like his reliability. I don't know about the upside there so much. I compared him to Frank Sanders, a retro <laughs> comp, because <laughs> nice. I just I kind of envision him being a guy who's between like 800, 900 yards for like four or five years in a row, never scoring more than like five or six touchdowns. Who I can see him being a guy who starts a lot of games in the NFL, and that's worth something for sure. I just don't know that he's going to be, you know, like a real playmaker in the NFL, which is kind of the opposite uh, profile of his teammate Braxton Miller, who seems to have all of these indicators of extreme upside. And obviously, his athleticism being that sure. uh, he did, got really, re- really, really good reviews for how he practiced in the Senior Bowl practices, uh, but the production on the field wasn't there. Because he only played one year at receiver. Exactly. So uh, they're kind of opposite natures, one being solid with perhaps not much upside and the other being a complete gamble. All upside, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm ranking Miller higher in uh, the Dynasty rankings just because I think some dumb team will take him in the first round. Uh, with, with guys like Ryan Grigson in charge of NFL teams <laughs> taking guys like Philip Dorsett in the first round, Whoops. it just, it, I mean, it, it seems like something somebody would fall for. He's a very shiny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, do you have any thoughts on the Ohio state guys? Uh, let's see. I think Michael Thomas, uh, like you said, he, he's really solid, but I think, uh, something that, that maybe kind of, uh, is underrated with him is like his, his body control. Like he, he's able to, to like, uh, make these amazing adjustments in the air yeah. and, uh, that's and on along the sidelines. That's very impressive. And I think he has pretty sure hands as well. For sure. Um, he is old, though, I think. Uh, and I think that might... It's hard to figure out his... I mean, there's a bunch of prospects who it's been hard to find their age this year. I think but it's sketchy. He's, he, he had, like, one season at a... He gray-shirted. Yeah, there was he had he had a year at one of those like I don't one of those academies that are not oh like the tweener, yeah, yeah like prep school type yeah deals. one of those and then he played then he was a redshirt uh, junior or senior this year I can't remember it seems like he would have to be twenty three at least but there's 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 a there's a figure going around for his age of being twenty two instead and I don't know that we're gonna get the answer to it anytime soon something interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, John Moore of Rotoviz was doing all this detective work on prospect ages last year, and f- I think he determined that Kevin White was like um, uh, not the age that the bear like he doesn't have the birth date that the bears eventually listed him at. Oh my like, gosh. It seems like so maybe like it's just we we don't, we will never know for sure some of these things. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm guessing he's like 22 or 23, not super old, but yeah, I agree with you. He's, he shows really good ball skills. I think he can, I, I can imagine him having a career very similar to Doxon. It's just that Doxon has proven more on the field with his production. I think right. is why I put Michael Thomas a tier lower. Um, but one, one last thing on Frank Sanders, I do have a game worn glove of his. I was at a Ravens really? game when he was on the Ravens <laughs> and, uh, went down to the railing and he threw me his glove. I think he might've caught a touchdown that day actually too. Wow. Very nice. Yep, it's yeah. in the house. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, Sterling Shepard and Rashard Higgins are kind of round two, round three guys uh, that that are the most interesting for me in dynasties. Uh, Sterling Shepard was incredibly productive, um, slot receiver for the most part in his NFL projection. Right. Um, but I think he's a guy good enough that you make room for him in you know the two receiver formations. Also, would you say like he's almost like a 
like a less enticing Corey Coleman in terms of style? Uh, not really. I mean, he, he's, he's not as explosive as Coleman at all, but he, he's so refined as a route runner and it, like the production with Sterling Shepard, by the way, is just, you know, perfect. Like right. he's 600 yards at least in all four years at Oklahoma. I think the comparison that I would have to lean on objectively is Ryan Broyles. Okay. But like, I don't think Ryan Broyles was a bad player. I think injuries have to be attributed for why his career didn't go like we hoped it to Mm -hmm. hoped it would. Um, But yeah, they were similarly, you know, historically productive and similar roles. Um, I think Shepard is probably the one I prefer between the two, but I guess I might just you know, doing stupid recency bias. Um, but yeah, I, I say Ryan Broyles and I don't mean that in a negative cause I, I do think Ryan Broyles would have been pretty great. good. Um, but yeah, and Higgins, you worry about him being a small school guy. Who's also got a small build. Um, yeah, did you, did you give him the Paul Richardson comp or he's got a Paul Richardson build. I don't think he's as fast as Paul Richardson is the thing. So I, I think the comparison for me for Higgins is more guys like Marvin Jones and maybe like Marquez Wilson, just okay. kind of like that, lankier than you'd like him to be but still pretty good somehow mm-hmm. so stuff like that and i mean higgins can he needs to do well at the combine because if he tests poorly that could knock him down to like the fourth or fifth round because you don't small school guys i mean first of all higgins has been amazingly productive in college and i still think he should have been given the bolitnikoff award over amari cooper two years ago right. when as a true sophomore he had 96 catches for 1750 yards 17 touchdowns in 12 games Oof. Yeah, but the problem is it's just no matter how productive he was, there's not many sub-190 receivers who have played at that level without having, you know, like burning athleticism who who carried over well to the NFL. And it's like I don't expect him to be like John Brown fast or something. So mm-hmm. um, Fire not, beware not, here a little bit. Yeah, so I'm going to. I, I'm hopeful, but I'm I'm not exactly high on him. Um, really want him to do well. It's just hard to see it. Um, another small school guy, Roger Lewis, might project a little better than him because yeah, i think he had big school talent he just yeah uh, he had some pretty troubling legal stuff uh, at the end of his high school career. right he was arrested on a rape charge toward the end of his uh high school career the charges were eventually dropped mm-hmm. i don't think we're in a position to speculate on the nature of nope. whatever happened there but the charge was dropped he went to bowling green and based on his production and just the film, I think we can say he's faster than Higgins. I expect him to do pretty well at the Combine. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Bernard Berrien type in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's do quarterbacks and tight ends quickly because I don't know about you. I don't actually care about either class that much. Uh, <laughs> quarterback, uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are the guys who are going to go first in the first round. There is a there is a bit of an interesting uh read the tea leaves type of thing today where, where Hugh Jackson was talking about how all the quarterbacks in the, in the AFC North uh, have big hands. And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, one of the concerns that, that Goff will need to, well, I guess he can't like actively dispel it. It's just a matter of how big his hands are or whatever. But I think a lot of people took that to mean uh, that he, that uh, Jackson, the Browns coach prefers Wentz said not like hmm. I would say like he has him ahead of Goff in his quarterback rankings that's funny because Mel Kuyper this week I think it was this week oh, was, it was 34 degrees yeah <laughs> so it's uh, like yes significant yeah everybody on Twitter was like do you know where North Dakota is <laughs> like, oh man he's he's literally it's have you South seen Dakota. the movie Fargo <laughs> oh man um so yeah I I don't know what to make of that exactly I like I, has there been some pre-measurement of Goff's hands or something because like I, I don't think they do the weigh-ins till tomorrow for them 
Right, and it, um, obviously he he's an underclassman, so he didn't get mm. measured at the Senior Bowl or anything. But yeah, um, but that's just kind know. of that was kind of an indication that some people were like, that's one thing that we'll have to see uh, what what happens with him. Yeah, I, at six four, I can't imagine him having like the Tajay Sharp like hands. <laughs> Poor Tajay, I know. How did that happen? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I I think. It's really hard for me to have an opinion on which between Wentz and Goff to take first in a dynasty setting because I think Goff, everybody thinks this pretty much. Goff is way more polished as a passer, oh, yeah. much more convincing in terms of uh, you know the floor of his NFL projection. But there's not much of a precedent for guys as skinny as him who you know don't have other traits, you know, especially like athleticism that he he probably isn't very athletic. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's really not that many guys who look like Goff who have done well, and I think our comparison that we went with is basically the only other case of recent case anyway of someone like him succeeding in the in the NFL, and that's Chad Pennington, who was actually pretty good in my opinion before. He was good. Yeah, and uh, like like Goff at Marshall, uh, Pennington was highly productive right away. That was that's something that's very reassuring about Goff is how he had high volume, high efficiency stats basically his whole career, even totally. as a true freshman starter. Um, but yeah, with Wentz, uh, a lot of people have 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 been observing in draft Twitter. I remember like Arif Hassan, uh, he's with the, some Vikings blog. I can't remember the name of it. Um, he's really good though, and he pointed out. Uh, Justice Mosqueda also pointed out that um, Wentz Wentz has a tendency to kind of not make his progressions efficiently. Like he he definitely locks on the first target a bit, and it seems like he has a tendency to go to improvise mode for the second target third target mm-hmm. i understand the concern and it's it's definitely a problem and I, I think they're right i think the tape shows that but i guess what reassures me about wentz is his willingness to keep looking downfield and yeah he, he, he doesn't like shy he doesn't get like scared like blaine gabbert did in that <laughs> scenario like blaine gabbert had that problem and then he would just panic wentz doesn't really panic it's like maybe he should and doesn't know he should but he doesn't and that i think lend some insight to his just general temperament and and i think at the very least we can project him being as big and as athletic as he is uh having a blake bortles type uh nature in the nfl and i mean that might seem like high praise given bortles is 35 touchdowns or whatever this year mm-hmm. but he's also a guy who's thrown a lot of interceptions and i can see Wentz basically being that way a guy who makes a lot of plays and has a lot of turnovers yeah and moves the chains with his legs too yeah and uh otherwise i mean we agree that we like cardale probably most than most yeah more he, than most people he's really intriguing we can we we can either talk about him now or we can get to him in a, in a few yeah we can uh we will we'll get back to cardale in a bit here but yeah that's i mean paxton lynch is going to be a first or second round pick because he's a big guy who can run quite well uh probably he probably is pretty smart too he should do well in interviews he was a true freshman starter at memphis mm-hmm. um not people not many people remember that year it was a disaster they were really really bad he had terrible numbers but uh, he took a beating that year and really grew a lot over the next two years so there's reasons to like lynch but on the other hand um pro football focuses steve palazzolo uh mentioned some stats with him that are pretty disturbing regarding his downfield accuracy and it basically seems like he might have accuracy problems that were largely concealed by a memphis system and memphis supporting cast that was pretty talented for its level of competition sure so uh yeah that's why we went went with josh freeman as the comparison for for uh paxton lynch just to kind of just to hint at how he's he's hard to pin down and he could exactly. have some good moments and he could have some bad ones and there's an there's an alternate reality right now I'm sure where Josh Freeman is an all pro quarterback <laughs> because a few things went better in his dimension uh, yep. be it's surrounding cast or just his coaching 
But uh, yeah, anyway, that's the way we see those guys. Uh, the quarterbacks otherwise aren't very interesting, obviously. I mean, it seems like we've had a lot of bad quarterback classes. Christian Hackenberg, I don't think either of us like him very much. He's got the, th- the tools, the arm, obviously. But otherwise, his whole career so far is just uh, the only good part really was that win on the road against Wisconsin as a true freshman which was an amazing game but I don't know what happened uh, after that he just fell completely off the rails the coaching I don't think the coaching staff did him any favors these past Perhaps, years yeah. uh, I mean that guy John Donovan the, their offensive coordinator got canned uh, pretty much immediately after the season mm-hmm. uh, and I think rightfully so I don't think that uh, as a sophomore in 2014 that uh, he I mean that's when the o-line woes were at their worst which is kind of inexcusable to me for for penn state to just like not have you know some serious beef up front and then they couldn't run the ball either this year obviously saquon barkley was able to kind of take the pressure off him a little bit but uh, hackenberg still just like god he's so frustrating like he'll make these just like boneheaded plays like with like a a disturbing amount of frequency but like he can also i mean like you said with the tools like he can freaking rip the ball uh, and, and he's got like the prototypical size so I guess I just feel like the most optimistic projection for him would be somebody of a Jay Cutler type of disposition and I don't I mean Cutler was hugely successful in college at Vanderbilt with I you know funny enough dealing with a lot of the same problems that Penn State's uh, offensive line was subjecting Hackenberg to mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean Hackenberg I guess I think he'll go in the second round uh, because I think all of the league's quarterback coaches think they can make him into the next Troy yeah. Aikman or something. Bill O'Brien might might be uh, sniffing that. Might could be. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the next quarterbacks are just like Dak Prescott, Connor Cook, Kevin Hogan. And we love Dak here, but oh, I yeah. don't think we would expect him to be more than a backup, which has its value, but not really for dynasty football. Like He, he, he would be a monster, I think, for fantasy football if he should start because he, he can run, obviously. Um, but I don't really expect yeah. it to happen. I think he's kind of definitely not off the bat. At he's least. he's he's kind of just like a better Tim Tebow, which sounds like a horrible insult. But I mean, if Tim Tebow <laughs> didn't have well. that, if Tim Tebow didn't have that stupid throwing motion, like he might have been a good backup. And if he didn't have you know the the vanity of like I I don't I don't want to move around right, or distraction. whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, so tight ends um, similarly thin as quarterback. Like at the top, you got Hunter Hunter Henry. He'll be the first tight end picked, uh, maybe even in the first round. He had really good profile as a prospect, a blue chip recruit who met all of his expectations at Arkansas. Um, not a good blocker, apparently, but I don't care. He's going to get drafted high enough that whoever takes him is going to let him play because the GM doesn't want to you know, get fired for taking a first-round tight end who's not even playing. Exactly. So, um, But yeah, he, he was better than A.J. Derby at 19 years old, and A.J. Derby was a senior that year. Um, he went on to be a six-round pick of the New England Patriots last year. Huh. So uh, Henry's Henry's got a lot of encouraging indicators. Um, I compared him to Zach Ertz because Ertz had his playing time limited early on because of blocking issues. But once the Eagles let him loose in the second half of this year, we saw what he perhaps could have been doing all along, exactly. if not for uh, you know Chip Kelly's run blocking emphasis. But um, after Henry. I actually like this guy a lot. Tyler Higby of Western Kentucky is pretty easily the second tight end for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are putting Austin Hooper there. Uh, Hooper just looks like a Garrett Graham to me in the NFL. Not big enough, not fast enough to really carry over the the success that he had in college, which wasn't even that much. I mean, he's he's a solid player, but I don't think anything he's else. He's definitely uh, helped out by that system. Yeah, for sure. Whereas Higby is a guy who's bigger and probably more athletic than Hooper. Certainly more productive as a pass catcher. Like he had a knee injury that derailed his his season that in the second half. Yeah, um, but very big numbers before then. In the in the uh, let's see, um, 
in the seven full games that Higby played last year for Western Kentucky, he caught 36 passes for 551 yards and eight touchdowns. And um, if he tests well, I don't know if he's going to be able to run at the combine. I don't know if that knee injury is still an issue. But if he tests well at his pro day, I think there's reason to think this guy is a pro bowler in the NFL. Um, Just got to wait to see more on that, I guess. Definitely. Otherwise, I mean, Jarrell Adams, he might be a second or third round pick. But, yeah, he's not really projecting as a a fantasy asset. Uh, Thomas Duarte of UCLA is interesting because he's a receiver for some reason uh, masquerading as a uh, tight end. And, I mean, that's – He's he's not I mean he wasn't a great receiver prospect and he's not a good tight end one either but I was if you surprised can, that he came out this year a little bit. Well, I mean it's not a bad rebranding theory because uh the tight end class is so weak. True. And he next year's is going to be really good. Yeah, and uh I mean he 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 he's getting talked of as like a third or fourth round pick at a position that he's never played and doesn't have the skill set of just because nobody Size. else is any good. Um but yeah, he's if he's playing in the NFL, I think he's going to be looking more like a receiver. Like at the very most, he's going to be a Jacob Tammy type okay. when it comes to traditional tight end use. I think he's just going to be basically playing receiver. So mm-hmm. um, if you got a guy who's basically playing NFL receiver at tight end classification in your fantasy league, that's a loophole that can sometimes be profitable. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we went with Tim Wright for the comparison for now. After that, it's a slew of guys who don't really profile as starters. Jake McGee, Nick Vanette, uh, Hooper, like we said. Um, David Morgan might be a deep sleeper worth watching. He was the leading receiver for UTSA last year, and he mm-hmm. does have a receiver skill set, but he doesn't look very athletic. Bo Sandlin might be the best uh, long shot to keep an eye on. Mon- Montana State is where he played last year, and he caught six uh, for 632 yards, nine touchdowns for Montana State last year. And before that, he was a junior college transfer to Miami, where he was given four-star distinction. So he might do well for himself at the Combine. Um, I think uh, Vanette uh, might be a guy that um, kind of like we like we were talking about earlier with like Braxton Miller, where like we we put him here because we just think that he's going to be taken at, at X spot, you know, a little bit higher than where we would actually uh, value him. But like he, I believe he outproduced uh, Jeff Hireman uh, two years ago in 2014. Yeah, Hireman yeah. obviously was drafted. I think people like Vanette's uh, like just like frame and and uh mm-hmm. what he shows but uh he w- if you if you just like look at his box scores you're not going to be blown away by that so he's definitely going to have to you know show out into the combine and the pro days to to really kind of separate himself but i think he could be someone that that uh gets drafted a little bit higher than we would initially think yeah the nfl.com profile for him which i think was written by lance zierlein was pretty optimistic on on vanette um he's yeah like you said he's he's probably more athletic than you might guess looking at his box score but his box score was bad like at least this year it was he had five touchdowns two years ago uh this this most recent season his per target numbers were lost that 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 whole offense was lost except for zeke though kind of that's true that's true um but yeah he's 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 a good one uh if he tests well at the combine he might compare to somebody like kyle rudolph something like that yeah um, but yeah, uh, not now not going so much in a list of names, but just generally who we're most curious about to see perform at the combine. Um, I, th- I think I think we're gonna go five p- players for each. Me and John. Yep. I'll go. I'll go with my people real quick. Uh, Devin Johnson, the running back from Marshall, is an extremely interesting dynasty prospect to me because he was a former tight end at Marshall, put up ridiculous, just truly unreasonable numbers at uh, Marshall as a running back. So uh, it was a man amongst boys type deal in 2014. It was insane. Yeah, and of course the problem, the catch is that he had 
profound injury problems right. um more shoulder issues i think two years ago and then this year you had the back. the back issue of an unspecified nature like there was words like broken back going around with him mm-hmm. but he returned to the field for a few bits late in the year played in the bowl game yeah he was limited there but it's yep. like i mean yeah i don't know what he, he had a bunch of injury troubles though he, he got quite banged up a uh, big running back who i wonder if the nfl might look at him and be like well why don't we just move you back to tight end and like maybe he could be a Delaney Walker or something like that. Okay. Uh, if he runs well, I don't know if he's going to participate at the combine in the running parts, but if he puts up nice athletic numbers, I don't see what reason there is to not start considering him in, in dynasty leagues just because he's got that versatility. I think he's going to see the field um, in that event, but uh, yeah, the medicals and in the meantime, the workouts are unclear. Um, otherwise for me, uh, Trey Madden's in a similar boat. USC running back showed real starting NFL talent. Uh, he actually started ahead of Javorius Allen um, two years ago for USC, mm-hmm. but uh, lots and lots of injury problems, like a bunch of types too. So uh, we compared Trey Madden to Montario Hardesty in that regard, and you know, fingers crossed that he has some good luck finally. But in the meantime, it's it's hard to tell if how his medicals are going to check out. I think. He should test well in in uh, the workouts if he's cleared for those. Right. Um, similar boat to to Madden. Marquez North is a guy who is a early. He was actually um, an early entry despite barely playing at all last year mm-hmm. um, because of persistent knee injury at at uh, Tennessee. But people who remember three years ago, it's already been uh, at the end of at the end of Marquez North's freshman year. He did some stuff that was pretty impressive. Like he had a. He had a three-game stretch uh, against South Carolina, Alabama, and Missouri, who uh, were ranked respectively fourth, seventh, and fifth at the time. And one of those games, he had 102 yards, the other 87, another 68. Uh, He was making plays for a Tennessee offense that just didn't really have people making pass-catching plays besides him. Um, You you would think that he must be pretty sure of himself at the combine to declare for the NFL after catching six passes for 58 yards last year. So I'm interested uh, to see how he does because I can imagine him doing quite well for himself and uh, pushing for even as high as like the third or fourth round despite his abysmal box score. Um, A sort of opposite prospect of North is Kiaris Garrett, who had exceptional numbers this year, especially after Keevan Lucas got hurt for Tulsa. Kiaris Garrett, another big receiver. Uh, he's probably going to be like 6'3", 225, a lot like Marquez North. Um, yeah, I really, really hope he tests well because he's a likable player. Uh, he had a compound fracture in his leg three years ago that he came back from. And I don't really know. Like, DeAndre Brown is the only other receiver I recall who had a compound fracture and came back at all. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, he's as long as he tests well at the combine, it's like I guess we have no reason to be concerned because if the athleticism in, is there – uh, what's the, what's the worry here? He's a little bit older after missing all that time for recovery, but I really want Kiaris to do well. Because, he looks the part. I mean, like yeah, we, he's when we watched Tulsa this year, we you know, uh, I think before he kind of really started becoming a hot prospect, we were like, wow, like this guy really like you know that game against Oklahoma, especially. I think Keevan Lucas was even playing in that one, but but Kiaris Garrett looked really really good in that game against it. You know. A uh, Big Twelve defense. Yeah, I'm a big fan. He looks he looks exactly like Roy Williams, the receiver he used oh, yeah. to. Uh, he's not that fast or athletic, um, but I think he's got a lot more uh, toughness to him. Um, but otherwise, I guess the the other most interesting player to me is Higby because I think in this very shallow tight end class, he can not only be a good value in dynasty leagues. But uh, if he tests well, I can actually imagine him going a lot sooner than people expect. Like I can see him going in the early second round if he puts up good numbers. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, John, onto your people. Uh, let's see. Uh, Keith Marshall is a guy that I was I was kind of surprised that he even got an invite, but he's a guy that uh, people might not remember this, but he was actually more highly recruited than than Todd Gurley coming out of high school. Um, obviously, Gurley is. He, I mean. What else? What what can you really say about him? He's just unbelievable. But uh, Marshall had some troubles with, with injuries. Uh, he tore his ACL, I think, his sophomore year. Uh, had a lot of like ankle problems. Uh, he still wasn't a hundred percent this year. And then obviously this year, even with Nick Chubb uh, down, like uh, Sonny Michelle was was kind of the lead back. But Marshall looked good in stints, and I think that. Uh, the talent is there. It's really just a matter of his medicals, and I think he could sneak into like the later part of the draft if he do- if he tests well here at the combine and like you know everything checks out. Yeah, I agree. As long as his medicals check out, he should get a a legit shot. And it's hard to tell if his inactivity this year was due partially to not be you know fully recovered. I mean, there, there are some runs where you're like, wow, he's he's still got it. I mean, like the the one where he uh, just like almost choke slammed a, a Kentucky defender on his way to the end zone was a, uh, was a pretty impressive run. I'll have to look Just, that up. Yeah. The, fit, the, the uh, stiff arm was pretty unreal. Um, another Georgia guy I'm looking at is Malcolm Mitchell, because I mean, even with the pretty subpar quarterback play, I thought Mitchell really kind of established himself well this year. Um, really like solid hands, like ability to track the ball uh, that I liked a lot. I, it's, it's not quite like the Chris Conley situation where like Chris Conley just like, reminded everyone that he was a complete athletic freak last year and he's like six two and a half or something Mitchell's not that big uh and he's probably not the same sort of explosive player but I think he's a he's like a more like polished type of type of guy um so he interests me uh Farrell Cooper uh he's just kind of like a jack of all trades very versatile um a little bit Braxton Millery, I guess. Uh he did play a lot of quarterback wildcat quarterback for South Carolina so uh, he's definitely like whatever reasoning people take for taking, um, you know, Miller in whatever round would apply to Cooper's theoretical usage too. Because yeah, you're not expecting him to be like a wide receiver one. You you kind of need those gadget plays yeah. to fully reach his value. I think so. Um, and then uh, Carew, you know, we touched on him earlier, but I, I'm actually just like really high on him. And like when I was watching uh, his tape and stuff, like. It wasn't so much his speed that that stood out to me as as more of just like his physicality and like his ball skills. Um, but if he like adds that like elite speed uh, dynamic, like if if he also has that, like he says he does at four four, like although you know I'm a little skeptical myself, like that's to, that just like puts him really into the conversation of like a first round, like late first round, early yeah. second round type guy. And then uh, of course Cardell Jones, uh, he's just I think. You know, last year his his stock was probably at its absolute highest, but he you know he stuck around, and you know <sighs> Urban Meyer just kind of I don't know what that situation was, but it wasn't good. So I think people have kind of forgotten about Cardale, but he like you compared him to uh, Dante Culpepper, he's got the very similar tools where he he's like not a burner, but he's fast, he can move, and he's just got an insane arm. Yeah, uh, we'll just have it's gonna. He's definitely going to be a project. He's definitely not somebody that uh, is going to make an impact right away, but I'm definitely interested to see uh, how his stock reacts uh, after this weekend. Yeah, I was so disappointed that he didn't declare last year, but I mean, I'm, I'm such a, I don't know, I'm so anti-NCAA, I guess, that <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, go get paid, you morons. Always get paid. <laughs> but uh, that was an There's extreme. Money was, in the that was such stand. an obvious case, too, though. I mean, it's like, man, you can go in the second round just because this class is terrible yeah. and because you're just you're just a f- celebrity right now. Exactly. And it's like, what do you – I mean, ugh, anyway. 
he should still do okay. I think he still goes in the second round. Just just probably. I think he could have pushed for like the first round last year. Yeah. Um. Because instead of now he's gonna have this you know coach questioning narrative mm. and stuff like that. So. Right. Best of luck to Cardale. We we hope it yeah, goes they, quite they well. They do that with him. They should do that to Zeke too because they made very similar well, comments. But they just won't because you know, Zeke's the Zeke's man. The man so. We know Zeke's the man. Um, but yeah, so we're we're gonna run through a quick three round mock dynasty rookie draft here. Um, it's we, we we don't really have any uh, I think unusual philosophies on fantasy football to disclose here. I mean, we're pretty conventional. We think running backs are good to own, and receivers are obviously more important than quarterbacks and the like but uh, we don't really subscribe to the zero running back thing or um any particular other thing far beyond uh, what's conventional right so uh not sure how how our way of looking at things compares to the way the people in your league might um but yeah you want to give this a shot john sure i believe you have the first pick here Okay, I'll take I'll take Zeke. I don't think I I know a lot of people are inclined to take someone like Treadwell or Coleman at the first pick, but I, I think Ezekiel Elliott is so reliably projecting as a star player in the NFL, and I think we just all but rule out the possibility of him sharing a workload as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it's possible, but uh, who, who, wherever he is, it's not going to take long for him to take it over. And for, for for my pick here, I'm you know I'm torn between either Henry or Treadwell, um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Treadwell here. I just uh, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, he's he's just a beast, and I think he's gonna be like an impact starting receiver from day one. So uh, I'll take him at number two. Yeah, and even though I compared him to Jarvis Landry, I guess it's worth mentioning that other old head NFL observers have compared him to Michael Irvin which it can kind of be a cop-out comparison it's like who you compare someone to when they're not fast enough or right. big enough to obviously project as a player who like a star player but you want to just argue that they're one anyway mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean Treadwell's got a lot of legit scouts on his side already and I'm, I'm not inclined to worry about his 40 time whatever it might be so that's a reasonable pick I think I'm going to take Henry at the third pick um, he's behind Zeke by a, a fair distance, but he's still quite remarkable in his own right, I think. And it's hard for me to imagine a player like him getting picked in what I think will be the hot, the top part of the second round, maybe even the late first. Uh, it's a s- similar fact as with Zeke. I mean, if you get taken that high, you're going to see the field. So I exactly. think if he sees the field, he'll do well for himself. So uh, even though I wanted, I would love to have owned Coleman uh, or, or Treadwell, I think I like Henry there. All right, well, now that the two best running backs are out of the consideration, I'll just load up at receiver. I'm going to go with uh, Corey Coleman here at, at four. I just think that uh, I love the way that Art Briles described him. He's he's just a bad hombre. Like, he, he really just is. Like, you okay, get the I'm ball sold. in his hands, and, like, he's just, like, a, just a demon out there. So I, I'm, I'm big on Corey Coleman. I like him at four here. Indeed, and uh, so we're on, we're on to the third receiver now, and the third receiver for me is Tyler Boyd. I know he's not a burner that a lot of people like, but the production sold me. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to start in the NFL, and I think he'll see a Pro Bowl or two. All right, well, you know, now that uh, I'm three picks in, still don't have a running back, I'm just going to have to... Oh, sorry. To be to be clear, we we don't have our respective teams going. We're just uh, you're the you're the right. sixth owner, as it were. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you got to get a building block here. That's obviously. true. Got to have one. So, and uh, I'm gonna go with Kenneth Dixon here. I think he, you know, like we said earlier, he's versatile. He's got like the tools to be a three three down back, uh, blocking, receiving. Uh, and just a great nose for the end zone so i definitely like him here at six love dixon um i'll, I'll go with Doxon uh at the seventh pick here because we're down to we're kind of getting into that second third tier of receivers and uh 
there's probably going to be a run on on that type. But Doxon's a lot a, a bit more proven than some of his competitors in this area. Um, I, I think he's got a very high floor in the NFL, and he's he's the kind of guy you can pick and not worry about in dynasty leagues. Absolutely, yeah, it's a really nice pick there. Um, I guess I'm going to go with with Carew after that. So sort of like uh, almost an opposite logic. Like it, I'm not sure that he's like the surest thing that, the way that like yeah. some of those other guys are. And you know, obviously the off the field stuff will need to be answered. But uh, he's he's got the the sort of uh, game that I that I really like a lot, and I think it translates well to the next level. So I'll I'll take him here at eight. Yeah, I think I think what I would call Carew is almost like. Uh, an 80 percent of sammy watkins as a prospect like, like they're, they're both like they're both right around 6-1 with above average weight for their build um supremely explosive production in college um i don't think i don't think Carew's that fast but i think he'll do quite well in most of his testing and just uh, that the the explosive is explosiveness in his numbers is just crazy if his character checks out he should be really good definitely um but yeah i'll, I'll go will fuller next i'm a will fuller fanboy um <laughs> i think he's gonna be really good I definitely think he's closer to Deshaun Jackson in terms of NFL impact than and than like a Ted Ginn or John Jett or whatever slanderous comparison people <laughs> want to make for him. Um, but anyway, yeah, Will I like Fuller. that Jackson one a lot. Um, let's see, you know the way you talked about Perkins kind of kind of up to my up to my thinking of him. So I'm gonna go with Perkins here at ten. Paul Perkins out of UCLA, the running back. Yeah, he's close to Dixon for me, so I I think he belongs in probably the first round of, of Dynasty rookie drafts. Um but yeah, so uh like I said before, opportunity is, is more important than act just abstract prospect evaluation. So if I think Braxton Miller is gonna go in the first round, which I do think because I, I don't know that there's enough smart teams in the nfl to resist something so shiny in the second part of the first round um but i'll, I'll go braxton miller here um i don't think he's as good as you know some of the other guys who might be i might be taking a, uh, after him but uh if he goes in the first round he's gonna get on the field and i think he actually will probably be a pretty good player in the nfl even though i'm kind of leery of of the hype level mm-hmm. um i think he can have a career trajectory pretty similar to jerry porter who was in the early 2000s a, oh, a Raiders man. yeah he was a pretty good he was uh didn't pr- play hardly any receiver in college still got taken in the second or third round I can't remember what had a fine NFL career um but you know obviously not a household name as it turned out yeah kind of that was a quick downhill for him I don't know but uh yeah uh 12th pick right here and then the second round uh let's see I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh Jordan Howard here at the end of the first um I'd I just like his game. He's very like a powerful guy with with more speed than you'd think for a guy that weighs like 230 pounds. Um, I think he I think he can hold up. Uh, you know, this year he probably had some bad luck with the with those ankle and knee things. But uh, I definitely like the way he runs. He's explosive, uh, versatile, or not not insanely versatile. Not like some of the other guys that we've uh, taken before. But I think he's definitely he definitely warrants his solid role in the NFL offense. Yeah, he's he's interesting because he's a, such a big back, but I mean he doesn't um, he doesn't run like one. Like he can get creative in traffic, he can break down in traffic and and alter his lean, alter 
his direction in ways that most people his size just can't. So right. um, when you pair that with his very legitimate power, there's no reason to think he'll do poorly in the NFL if his health can hold up. So that's the only question. And uh, so 13th pick, first in the second round, technically. I'll take another running back who's got a bit of an injury worry at the moment, Devontae Booker. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about uh, the meniscus tear haunting him long term. No. I'm, I'm pretty much sold on his film. I don't even really need to see how he works out. Um, I, I think he'll be, he might not be a guy who starts like four or five years in the NFL, but I think he'll have at least two or three, um, his intensity and quickness and power combination reminds me a bit of Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah. I really, li- I really like the way he runs. So I think that's a good pick there. Um, I'm going to go here at 14 with, uh, Michael Thomas, with the Ohio state one. Uh, okay. I definitely just think that at this point, uh, he's, if he's available for you. He's a guy that uh, is probably going to get drafted relatively high, uh, should work his way into a role relatively early in his career, and I think he could, you know, it'll pay dividends. And he he's so uh, like good in the red zone that uh, I think that definitely like bo- uh, bolsters his value. Yeah, that's a good pick. And and the other thing is, it's like since since most people are higher on him than I guess both of us are, it's it's. You might want to factor into this that uh, you know most people are projecting him to go a lot higher than we are, so maybe he would go sooner in most dynasty leagues than where we took him. Um, but yeah, I, I like where we're ranking him. I, I definitely prefer guys like Will Fuller and Leonte Carew sure. over Michael Thomas. Um, anyway, 15th pick, I'll go Jonathan Williams, who I at one point had ranked as the fourth running back in the class. I'm I, As I mentioned before, I'm going more Perkins right now until we hear that Jonathan's foot is okay, uh, but I really, I really like him quite a bit. I think he's a lot like Willis McGahee as a as a power runner who should safely project as as a good workhorse runner. Uh, all right, I will go uh, same school. I'll go uh, Alex Collins here. Um, you know, he's got the cleaner bill of health. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, the main uh, thing I think uh, is the edge over Williams at this at this moment. We'll see what what happens with that. But Collins, you know. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling that Williams does, but uh, like we've mentioned, like he's just a real solid, solid runner. Uh, I think he's a guy that can like be be like a three three year uh, of like pretty solid production. I don't think he's going to be otherworldly, but I think at this point in the draft, I think he'd be pretty pretty solid guy to take. Yeah, he's the kind of guy who. Uh if he ends up in a starting situation in the NFL, he should just be totally decent. Like there's, and it's, it's, he could probably hold on for a little while, even though he's not like an elite prospect. But uh, I, I, I do think Marion Barber is kind of his career trajectory. I think he's going to have to get by, by being a bowling ball in traffic. And that might wear him down after a few True. years. Cause he's, he's not really a burner, but he's, he's just, he's really good in traffic, really creative in traffic. Um, but yeah, eight, uh, sorry, 17th pick. I'll take Sterling Shepard here. I know that being a, a getting the slot receiver label kind of limits his upside, but um, I still I really like his chances of overachieving relative to his other, you know, indicators physical in terms of his height, weight, perhaps athleticism. Sure, uh, the production sells me. I'm I'm not worried about him flopping in the NFL. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. I, I really like. I think that's a really nice value right there. If it, uh, given you know like the the format of this draft, um, let's see. Next, um, I'll go with uh, Procise uh, out of Notre Dame. I just that's I'll, a really good value this late because if if he like we were saying before, if he does get sharper, if his game tightens up a bit, and he he's athletic as athletic as we think he is, um, he really could outperform some of the running backs that go ahead of him. Definitely. Uh, for nineteen, I'll take Rashard Higgins here. The small school is a worry. The 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 slight frame is a worry, but. 
uh, the production is reassuring. He should, at, I think he's got to be a guy who can at least start a few years in the NFL. Probably not like a pro bowler type, but uh, he, he should be a person that uh, sees the field at least. And uh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm more optimistic than I am pessimistic. I don't know how, how many times there have been players who produced like he did two years ago, like 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns in 12 games as a true yeah, sophomore. But uh, to hurry up a bit, 20th pick here, John, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to take the uh, first tight end off the board here. I'm going to go with Hunter Henry. Uh, you know, I understand that those blocking concerns uh, might uh, limit or, you know, might get some dings on his stock, you know, from the coaches or whatever. But, I mean, frame-wise and just as, like, a pure, like, pass catcher, like, that guy is pretty special. I think he'll have, like, a better rookie year than, like, a Max Williams, especially if he comes into a team that really needs a tight end, especially, like, an established team late in the first round maybe. Uh, I think that'd be like a really nice fit for him. So uh, I think Henry uh, definitely has the upside to be like a really solid tight end in this league. Fair enough. Uh, 21st pick, I'll take Roger Lewis, who I think, uh, as I mentioned before, could be a Bernard Berrien type at least. Nice, yeah. Um, I guess I would go uh, Farrow Cooper next. Uh, you know, he his production in college uh, – and like the way he way he looked doing it, uh, I definitely am a big fan of his. And I think at this point, you know, I'm willing to take the risk on him. Okay, and uh, we've taken a hatchet to the receivers and running backs available so far. So I'll take the our first quarterback. I'll take Goff at 23, uh, if only because I think he'll see I think he'll see the field sooner than Wentz because uh, this is lazy thinking, I guess. But Wentz, North Dakota State, might need more time to develop than Goff. Um, but yeah, I'll take Goff here. Okay. See, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Kelvin Taylor out of Florida um, at, here at the end of the second round. Uh, you know, I don't think he has otherworldly uh, potential at the next level, but I think he, you know, what you see on film, uh, his ability to kind of shed tackles and like make quick cuts in in, uh, in small spaces, like, is pretty impressive. So I'll go with him and you know just kind of bet on him being a solid uh, high floor type of guy. Sounds good. Um, so with the 25th pick first in the third round, I'll take my guy Higby, uh, Tyler Higby, tight end, Western Kentucky. Um, like I said, I, I think he projects very well as a, as a, as a pass-catching threat in the NFL, and I think this shallow class could make him uh, maybe get drafted sooner than most expect right now. Okay. Um, maybe Aaron Green from, from TCU here. Uh, we'll kind of have to see uh, – how he does at the combine but well, I, he actually wasn't invited so um, he's he's actually one of the snubs this year but i i think he's actually worth a pick in this range i, I don't okay i i went with a charcandrick west comparison for the article but it, basically with him he might not be you know big and especially explosive but I, I like how he runs always squared up to the end zone and he seems to do a pretty good job of interpreting his blockers as well as the defense so true he's one of those classic cases of uh you might you wouldn't project him to be a starter but if he does end up as a starter in the nfl he's one of those guys who could be surprisingly productive in the situation right um for the 27th pick i'll take kiaris uh yeah also fanboy of kiaris <laughs> like higby so um hope he tests very well because i would love to to for him to project as a good nfl starter um he, he seems to deserve it at least yeah, and uh, next uh, I would take uh, Malcolm Mitchell out of Georgia. Um, like I was saying earlier, uh, not the kind of uh, amazing athlete that, that Chris Conley was. I don't expect that kind of blow up, but I think uh, 
he's just a guy that you plug in uh, and he's gonna he's gonna get it done for you. So I think I think he's better than like a Marlon Brown if you wanted. Well, Marlon Brown's a lot taller, but I mean like I think he can be more productive than Marlon Brown. Yeah, yeah, and he, his development was delayed by injury and position switching too. So yeah, there's some his, his weirdness, and I mean he didn't have Aaron Murray. Uh, for his last two years and he uh wasn't healthy for murray's last season he tore his acl against clemson that that first game right um so 29th pick i'll take devin johnson here uh I, I think even if he doesn't turn into an nfl running back he i really do like his chances of moving back to tight end so a uh, little bit of a fingers crossed pick but I'll, I'll i'll go ahead and do it anyway okay um i'm gonna go with demarcus Ayers next um i like him i do too uh just like uh fast uh it's definitely like kind of on the smaller side but i mean he was really uh kind of uh he kind of is what made houston's offense like next level this past season i mean greg ward obviously you know is amazing too but i mean i I think airs added a whole other element to it yeah i saw at least a few times when he was credited with a reception when it was really a shovel pass out of the backfield and even with a bunch of his catches being that sort of play he averaged about 12 and a half yards per catch this year so quite good after the catch it would seem at a glance um so yeah next i'll this guy wasn't invited to the combine but Dwayne washington uh running back from washington Mm -hmm. uh should put up really good numbers at his pro day the washington program was publishing pretty crazy broad jump numbers for him in spring training the last two years spring practices the last two years nice. so uh, i like his chances of being kind of a latavius murray type who who gets some has a very good athletic profile and gets some traction with it with a big pro day uh be it in march or april absolutely yeah it's definitely an intriguing guy uh, uh obviously like miles gaskin kind of took over this year but i, I think yeah. no, no shame in getting out done by the gask oh I mean, man good. gaskin is is yeah watch out next year for him um Let's see. Next pick. I, this is definitely like taking a flyer at this point. Uh, Colby Listenby out of out of TCU. I mean, uh, does he have the hands to, or like the the polish, the route running ability to kind of be uh, any sort to carve out any sort of consistent role in the NFL remains to be seen. But he's going to torch to the forty. Like, yeah, he's, he's easily going to be the fastest one there. Right? Yeah, people are talking about Tyler Irvin being the fastest player there. It's like, do people not know who Colby Listenby yeah, is? He like ran a world class runner, like ten point one two second one hundred meter dash. Like that's crazy. He's he's. I would I would if if I could know how to bet on things like this, I would put money <laughs> on him breaking Chris Johnson's record because he will be closer to a four point two zero then he'll be to like a 4.35 like he's a blur oh yeah um, so yeah i like that one um i'll take to run wilson from mississippi nice. state at 33 i'm actually not very high on him but m- the rest of the industry projections to be like a third or fourth round pick so uh, i'll just go ahead and assume that i'm not as smart as i think i am and uh, perhaps there's there's something i'm missing here he generally doesn't seem very athletic to me he's definitely not the devin funches kelvin benjamin imitation that he was billed as um, mm-hmm. but he was still a good touchdown threat for mississippi state so maybe he can you know be a red zone uh, specialist at the least in the nfl okay um let's see next here i might go with I might go with Nick Vanette, actually. Uh, okay. It's definitely like a risk, but like I said earlier, I think the Ohio State type of billing will kind of uh, help his stock a little bit. So uh, I could see him going. Or I wouldn't mind picking him here at 34. Okay. On uh, 35, I'll take Marquez North because I, I like, I've compared him to Marlon Brown in that he was like the oft-injured receiver who got the combine invite. And 
let his athleticism show through there. But I mean, if we think Braxton Miller is you know worth the hype that he's getting, I, th- I think we got to give the same uh, consideration to Marquez North if he tests as well as he has you know been billed as. Uh, because totally. if he's six three two twenty five and super athletic, I mean that's that's a lot of tools to work with at the least. Definitely. And uh, last pick here, I'm I'm gonna go with Cardell Jones. I mean, maybe Wentz is probably Wentz is probably the better pick here, but I mean Jones has like the kind of upside that I that I really like here for you know for just the purposes of this exercise. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just I'll just go with him, and uh, I just think that arm strength is really gonna uh, turn his uh, draft stock up upwards here. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Cardale Jones at 36. We did not take Carson Wentz. I, I would attribute that mostly just to us not really caring about the quarterbacks that much. Yeah. And and you know also, also we're pretty familiar with these running backs and receivers after DFS obsessing all year. Totally. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll probably have some other kind of thing after the combine and later on when there's when there's more known about just the general shape of the first round. We'll get into the subject of mock drafts and some some analysis of offensive linemen defend defenders things like that but uh for now this is this is what we've got uh, focusing on the dynasty rankings and we'll have post combine dynasty articles posted as well there will certainly be a lot to learn with the testing and the, the remaining weigh-ins and such um, but yeah um john what is your twitter handle i'm at johnny mckex that's at j-o-h-n-n-y-m-c-k-e-c-h-s okay cool i'm at nfl draft underscore rw uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a great day and uh, enjoy the combine. Watch. Enjoy.